Welcome to the Ocean Hills Podcast. Our hope is that today's message would help you connect more deeply with God and with others. If you would like more information on what is happening in the Ocean Hills community, check out our website at oceanhills.org or download the Ocean Hills app. If you are encouraged by our ministry and would like to partner with us financially, you can give through your mobile device by texting Ocean Hills to 77977. We hope you enjoy this message. Good morning. I, uh, I haven't met you yet. My name's John Ireland. Good to meet you. We have a, a mini celebrity in the house today, uh, author of a brand new book, Lori Pulitz Short. Lori's been part of our church family for many years. She was actually on staff for many years. Uh, and now by profession, she is a speaker and an author. And she's written this brand new book, came out just two weeks ago, Faith, Doubt, and God's Mysterious Timing, 30 Biblical Insights About the Way That God Works. And what I love about it, I'm about halfway through it right now, but what I love is the interactive nature of Lori's heart with Scripture, that scripture is something to be wrestled with and thought about. And as you read it, it's fun to see her go, well, what if we looked at it from this angle? And how, I haven't really thought about it this way and this character. And now looking back on why we waited so long and prayed, how long, how long, how long? Oh, now I can begin looking back to see. And... It's really a powerful read, and uh, is there anybody in here this morning that's spiritually hungry? Or just raise your hand. Any, any, anybody in here? First person who wants this book, I'm going to leave it right there for you. We'll see how hungry you are. All right. Um, let me pray for us, and uh, let's, let's ask. Yep, come get it. I love it. Let me pray for us. Last week we talked, oh God, that it matters how we come into this space. It matters whether our hearts are hungry, open, receptive, eager. And this morning, right here in this time, in this place, we say, God, we're hungry. We want you to nourish our soul with your word. And so I pray that the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart would be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, O oh God. In Jesus' name, amen. Before I jump into the message this morning, um, we're in this series on where is it written? That's actually a phrase that uh, is part of the Evangelical Covenant Church's history. Uh, always asking, people have opinions about certain things or, or making statements about what's going on in the world, in the world of politics, in the world of whatever. And as brothers and sisters, back in the early days in the formation of our denomination, they would say, where is it written? Where is it written? Where is it written? And so this series, we're, we're, we're just doing a little bit of a deeper dive into God's word. And it occurs to me that some of you actually 
are wanting to read more. Not all of you, I know, but some of you, you overachievers. I have a few books I'm gonna recommend for you this morning. Let's just throw those up on the screen, uh, if you can, Jimmy. This one, How to Read the Bible, book by book by uh, Dr. Gordon Fee and uh, Douglas Stewart. They, they've written a few different books, but uh, another one, The Blue Parakeet. It's been around rethinking how you read the Bible by Scott McKnight is another great read. That will, that will push you and challenge you. I'm just going to tell you that, so buckle up. And then uh, Seven Things I Wish Christians Knew about the Bible by Michael Byrd. So those are three. There's many more. Understanding the Bible by John Stott. Uh, I had a mentor give that to me when I was 19 years old, and uh, it changed. It just gave me a framework and a depth for reading and understanding Scripture. Last week, we gave you an opportunity to respond to the message by coming for communion and also by grabbing a card. I don't know if that card meant anything to anybody, but actually I decided rather than, you might have noticed that I put the cards flat down so you couldn't see. And since I'm the one who put all the verses together, I came and I, I just said, Lord, I don't know which card you want from me, but um, I came and I grabbed it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna read you the card I had and my family, of course, when I told them the card I had, laughed at me. And they said, boy, did God know that you needed that one, Dad. All praise to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all of our troubles so that... He comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort that God has given us. If you don't know me, my, my family says that I do not suffer from ADD, but CDD, compassion deficit disorder. <laughs> um, and so I get this verse, and I really believe the spiritual journey is an adventure, that God is speaking. And so why did I get this verse? Because God, for me, knows that this is an area of my life that I want to grow in, that he wants me to grow in, because all of Scripture is designed to point us to Jesus and become like Jesus. We keep talking about this in this sermon series. It's all about becoming like Jesus, not about becoming a theologian. It's not about becoming, uh, you know, memorizing all these verses, but still being a jerk. I mean, that, that's not the purpose of the Bible. It's that we might become more like Christ. And I read this and I just went, Lord, this is, this is for me. And then after I read it, I, uh, I had Trace, who's a very close family friend of ours, say to me, can you pray for me last week? And I said, well, let, let's just come up here and pray. And so I prayed over her. And usually I don't come up because we have a prayer team, but I said, okay, we'll, we'll pray. And, and then what was so powerful is Trace sent me a text that just said, this is the verse I got, 
and connected the dots around some things that she's wrestling with and God's speaking to her through that verse. And you know, Hebrews chapter four, verse 12 says that the word of God is alive and active. It's alive and powerful. It's not just this ancient document written two, 3,000 years. It's alive and active. And so when we read scripture, I want, I want to urge you, encourage you, when you open the pages of, of the Bible, that God is speaking right here in real time to you. If you're open, if you're hungry, if you're receptive, if you're prayerful, if you're saying, bring it on, Lord, I want more. I want you to speak to me right now. I don't know what area of my life you want me to grow in, but I want you to speak to me. Maybe you need encouragement. Maybe you need comfort. Maybe you need to be challenged. Maybe you need to be convicted. I'm not sure, but God knows. And his word brings all of those things to us. And I just so appreciate, Trace, your tender heart, listening, being willing to ask for prayer, and then seeing, taking a verse and going, oh my gosh, God knows. And see, God sees us. God knows us. God hears us. And he knows what is crushing us, what our fears are, our challenges are, the relationships that we're in, uh, all, all of it. He knows our addictions. He, he knows everything. And he's wanting us to welcome him into it. And he's speaking to us through what we call the word of God, the Bible, the scriptures. I, I just wanted to tell you that story really quickly. Um, because sometimes I'm, I'm one of these guys that I run ahead and people go, hey, wh wh whatever happened to last week? We talked about this. It's like, I hope that maybe there's some other stories. And I, and I hope that you maybe in your small groups would encourage each other by sharing. How's God speaking to you through, through that, that little card, that verse that hopefully you're just continuing to soak in it, to read it, to reread it. God, what do you want to say to me through this passage of Scripture? Today we're looking at Psalm chapter one. Can I just, maybe I can push us a little bit right here in this moment. It, it, it's not that it's more spiritual by having a paper Bible than a phone, but could, could I just maybe just push you, nudge you a little bit to bring a Bible into, the, into church with you, bring it with you, open it up, maybe bring a pen as well. I'm so encouraged, every now and then I'll see people like writing in their Bible. And if you, if you looked at my Bible, there's, there's words circled, there's verses underlined, there's notes in the column, there's dates and locations of, man, I felt like God spoke to me on this trip I was on, and here's where I was, and here's the date. It becomes a kind of spiritual autobiography. It's not blasphemous to write in your Bible and to, and to, and to reflect on how God is speaking to you. If you look in the back of my Bible, I mean, I just have, uh, I mean, I got notes and, and, and colors, and I just, I, I, I took a, a class at Fuller Seminary in my doctorate program called Interactive Bible Study, and I just love the title of it. Uh, it's not sitting above it or around it or at a distance, but it's interacting with Scripture and the stories of the Gospels and the stories and the letters of Paul and, and, and the poetry of the Psalms and the prophetic literature, it's interacting, chewing, wrestling, bringing your questions. If you're not bringing your questions to scripture, 
You're not really being an authentic follower of Jesus because all of us have questions and God's big enough for those questions. A person that's not asking questions, I don't know if you're really a person of faith. I mean, we leaning into this life of following Christ, it, 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 it brings a lot of questions with it. And God's wanting to have that real authentic conversation with you. And relationship with you. Psalm chapter 1. I'm reading from the New International Version. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. Verse 2. But whose delight is in the law of the Lord. Don't miss that word delight. Whose delight. Not, it didn't say duty. Obligation, oh, I gotta have a quiet time. Whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates. You're gonna wanna circle that word. Who meditates on his law day and night. That person, that person who's meditating, delighting in God's word, what's it say? That person's like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do, whatever they do, prospers. Whatever they do, prospers. Psalm 1, this is, this is a picture of a person who chooses to live a fruitful life. And maybe it's a good moment in this message to push pause and ask you, do you want to live a fruitful life? Do you want to live a life of integrity, of character, of love? Do you want to live a life that's contagious, that others look at your life and say, there's something different about her. So gentle, so generous, so thoughtful. So patient. The self-control that he exhibits in moments when I would lose my temper, it's unbelievable. I don't get it. There's just something different about him and her. This fruitful life. A life of impact. A life that influences others for generations. Do you want to live a, a fruitful life or just, I just want, I'm just, I'm not here for a long time. I'm here for a good time. Is that your motto? <laughs> That's some of your motto. There is, did you notice the progression of Psalm 1? Let me just back up. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of Walk, stand, sit. That's just interesting language, isn't it? There's a progression there. You're walking maybe through an area you shouldn't be walking through, and then you stop in an area that maybe you shouldn't be stopping and hanging out with people you shouldn't be hanging. And then you sit and stay. There is a way, if you're 
desiring to live this fruitful life. There is a way that you will not walk, a place that you will not go, and a seat that you will not sit in. And that progression, walk, stand, sit, godly people, fruitful people, people that are living differently, upstream, upside down from the culture. We are different in how we think, how we act, and to whom we belong. And I think that's the psalmist is just giving us a peek into his life and into the life of the people of God, the righteous person, the godly person. The psalmist is just shining this spotlight on where life ends up when we decide to be the captain of our own soul, right? From Invictus, that poem. I'm going to be the captain of my own soul. It's not a fruitful life. That's what the psalmist is saying. But he starts with this word blessed. It's a Hebrew word that that actually is, is, is very descriptive. It, it has a plural ending. It's, oh, the happiness many times over. Oh, the happiness of many times over. Do you want to live a blessed life to, to, to have this kind of joy and happiness that is many times, like multiplied? Who doesn't want that? I want that. You want that. He says, well, I'm going to tell you how to get it. He says, I Walk, stand, sit with friends living a, a self-absorbed and self-indulgent life. Is that how we get it? No. No, there's no substitute for surrounding myself with godly friends. So how do I get this blessed life? Well, it's about walking, standing, and sitting with people who are just in our culture, chasing more. I want more money. I want more sex. I want more power. I want more accomplishments, achievements. Is that it? No. There is no substitute for love in your life. I'm reading this book. I forgot the title of it, but it's something about ghosts, the dark ghosts. It's on, it's on addiction. It's on severe drug addiction. And it's, it's dense, it's, uh, it's got to be 400 pages. And this guy devo has devoted his life to working with people up in Vancouver, Canada who have drug addiction. And he says 100% of addicts. And he says it doesn't have to be drugs. It could be alcohol. It could be sex. It could be materialism. It could be, you, you name it. He says 100% of addiction you can trace back to childhood trauma. Parents who said you're not worth it in one way or another, parents that were unavailable, parents that neglected you, abused you, abandoned you, called you a piece of crap, whatever it is, 100% you trace it back to the messages and I would say the lies of the devil that you're not worth it. And, and what Psalm 1 is saying, you don't walk, stand, and sit in those lies. There is a book called the Bible that has a different story and a different narrative and a, and, and a truth that says you are so worth it. You matter. You're important. 
You're actually wanted. You're chosen by God. And so this blessed life, he says it leads to a fruitful life. Now, I, I'm going to believe in a crowd this size that some of you, you're not, you, you don't connect the dots like I might connect the dots because I'm familiar with the Bible. But this idea of fruitful life, immediately my mind goes to Galatians chapter 5, right? Galatians 5. Let me read it for you, and maybe we can connect the dots here. Paul says this. He says, but the fruit, or but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. But the Holy Spirit produces. So if you're a follower of Jesus, if you've become a Christian, if you have said, I want to give my life to God. I want, God, I want to live for you. I, I want to live a life of love. I want to be forgiven. If that's you, the Bible teaches that you receive the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, into your heart, into your life. Well, what is this Holy Spirit doing in us? Well, Paul tells us in Galatians 5, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Do you want to be that kind of person? I mean, really gut check right now. Maybe an honest gut. Do you want that life? Love, joy, peace instead of stress, <laughs> patience instead of being easily triggered, kindness instead of being mean, Goodness, faithfulness. People can count on you. Gentleness rather than abrasive. Self-control. Being able to do what you need to do when you need to do it. Impulse control. That's the life that God is inviting you into. It's the dream that the scriptures point out that when Jesus comes into our lives, when we decide to follow him, that's the picture, that's the vision. The question is, how, how does that happen? Well, Psalm 1 says it happens by meditating the fruitful life comes from delighting yourself in God's word and meditating on it day and night. So I have a, how many of you are, a, raise your hand if you're a tea drinker. Raise your hand. Okay, you, you understand tea. So I'm going to just use this as an illustration this morning. Hopefully this will, uh, so some of us, this is our Bible. It's just a, it's a bag of tea. And uh, this is our lives right here. And so this is what we do. We've got, we got, we got the Bible, we got our lives, and, and we kind of just dip it in like that. This is how we live our life. Or maybe we just carry it around, and, and then every once in a while we might come to church, we dip it in. It's on our, on our nightstand. Every once in a while we're like, oh, dude, okay, I'll, I'll do that, <laughs> you know. And then we look at our life and we're like, nothing's happening. Yeah, I've, I, I kind of read the Bible. I heard it. I, you know, 
but my life's not changing. Why is my life not changing? How come I'm not becoming more like the fruit of the Spirit? All right, I'll go to church. All right, there. Dang, man, I've been going to church for years. Yep, yep, there you go. (laughs) Right? So we have to open the Bible. You got to open up the tea bag, right? For sake of illustration, I brought another one here. This one now is all soggy. (laughs) But you can't just kind of skip your way through the Bible. Ah, Dip, you know. But what do you got to do? You got to dip in there and you got to just soak in there. So we'll just let that soak. Because that's what the word meditate means. And it says day and night. To meditate. And I just, I wrote some other kind of adjectives here. Notice what happens Hey, man, is there anything happening in here? There we go. Listen to this. Meditate. Soak. Stay in it. Linger. Ponder. Reflect. Reread. Pray through it. Meditate. Soak. Stay in it. Stop. Linger. Ponder. Reflect. Reread. Pray through it. Listen for God's voice. God, speak to me. God, speak to me. Ooh. Feels like that word. I can't get away from it. Circle it. God, what do you have for me? What are you saying to me? This interactive part, right, of reading scripture. Read it, reflect on it, respond to it, and push repeat. (laughs) Read, reflect, respond, repeat. Read, reflect, respond, repeat. Read, reflect, respond means live it out, by the way. Respond is do something about it. So the question is, do I have to be a scholar to let God transform my life through Scripture? As I just, as I soak in it, do I have to be a scholar? What do you think? Is the Bible just for scholars? No. But you do have to be humble. Do I have to be smart? To read the Bible? No, but you have to be open. Do I have to be religious to read the Bible? No. No, but you have to be receptive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open, Jesus said. Well, do I have to be a Baptist or a Methodist or a Calvary or a Catholic to read the Bible? No, but you do have to be spiritually hungry. You do have to be spiritually hungry. I don't have this verse on the screen, but my friend Kurt Holm reminded me of this verse a week ago, and I'm going to read it for us. It's just, 
it's perfect for the moment. Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 15, I think it is. Listen to these words, and I have them highlighted right here in my Bible. Jeremiah says, when I discovered your words, I devoured them. I love that. When I discovered your words, I devoured them. They are my joy and my heart's delight. Let me read that again. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're going to meditate on this. When I devoured, or when I discovered your words, I devoured them. They're my joy and my heart's delight. When I discovered your words, the word of God, when I discovered your words, I devoured them. They are my joy and my heart's delight. When I was, I think I was 20 years old, I was a counselor at a high school camp up at Mount Hermon, Ponderosa Lodge, and uh, we would, uh, uh, it was a high school camp, and I remember there was a group that came from Bel Air Presbyterian Church every year down in L.A., and the youth pastor at the time was a guy named Gary Reddish, Dr. Gary Reddish. He's passed away now, but we became good friends, and I remember one summer, Gary had come, you know, the two summers that I worked at Mount Hermon uh, on summer staff at Pondy, he was there, and, and I remember one, one afternoon, he said, hey, let, let me see your Bible. Like, oh, okay, yeah, here you. He said, can I, can, can I see your Bible just for a while? Yeah, okay. And he, and he did this. And he said, you don't read the Gospels. I went, what? <laughs> he goes, the pages, they're still stuck together. You don't, you don't, you're not, you're not learning about the life of Jesus. I go, how do you know? He goes, well, there's no marks, there's no... There's, there's, the pages aren't worn. There's no highlights. There's no underlining. There, you're not interacting. There's no, he goes, I actually, in the epistles, you know, with Paul, he goes, I can see you're reading Philippians and Ephesians and Colossians, but Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, he said, you're not reading. He goes, I just want to encourage you to read about Jesus and just stay in the Gospels. I just, I'll never forget that. And then this week, I'm challenged by, I was preparing this message, of course, this week, and, and here, here's my worst kind of fear, that you're sitting there and I can feel you yawning and you're, you're going, okay, great, I got to read my Bible, whatever, you know. That's my fear that I got, I don't know how many people here, but that's what you're thinking, and you're going to leave here and you're not going to read your Bible. So the question is, how do we get our people to read the Bible, to actually do it? So I was with Scott Lasea this week, and I said, Scott, how did you learn to read? I just said, asked him, I said, this is my fear. How did you learn to read the Bible? Do you remember what you told me? Yeah, of course you do. He said, I had a young life leader who did not tell me how to read the Bible. He actually gave me his Bible. And I started flipping through it, and I'm seeing words circled, underlined, notes in the column, dates, interactive. This guy was devouring the word of God. He goes, he didn't need to tell me anything. He modeled it. He led by example. He gave me the greatest gift, 
which was, look, this is how you do it. Don't be intimidated by it. Don't, don't live your life this way, just kind of dipping once in a while, unopened. But look what happens to a life over time, day by day, meditating, soaking, pondering, delighting in. It transforms us. We become new people, different people. Our lives become fruitful. Amen. Fruitful. Amen. Say it louder. Amen. Amen. Who doesn't want that life? I want this life. I do. And that's why I love to read the Bible. I'm not going to go through it because... I'm out of time, but I have here in my notes that I'll send out in an e-news 12 reasons why I read and soak in the scriptures. I'll send that out to you. But let me close with Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. This is the word to him. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions that Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them. You want to live a fruitful life? He's, 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 he's telling us right now, don't deviate from the scriptures. He's saying, obey them, live them out, all of them, not some of them, all of them. Be careful to obey all the instructions that Moses gave you. Don't deviate from them, turning either to the left or to, from the right to the left. Then what? Then you will be successful in everything you do. Notice that it doesn't say, then you might be. You will be. You want to live a fruitful, successful life in the eyes of God. Don't deviate from his word. Live it. Read it. Reflect on it and respond to it. But he goes on. He says what in verse 8? Study this book of instruction once in a while. Oh, no, no. The Hebrew word uh, just, oh, it says continually. Can somebody tell me what continually means? Because that's a word I don't understand. I think it means soak. Soak. Soak in it. Continually. Meditate on it day and night. Why? So you'll be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Gosh. See, I, I want to say, underline that. Star, highlight, neon light that passage. It'll change your life. It'll change your life. We have got to quit living the Christian life where it's just kind of the unwrapped, unopened Bible that we just kind of dip in. This is the church in America right now. Ah, dip. Dip and judge. <laughs> dip and judge, you know. And this is the life that Jesus calls us to, to become like him, transformed into his likeness. Invite the band to come up. Let's pray. Open your palms. Thank you.
Open your palms. God wants so much for you. For you. And he's just revealed it in his word. To prosper and be successful in your relationships, your most important relationships. To prosper and be successful in your character, in who you are as a human being. Becoming a person that others want to be like. A contagious person that others are like, wow, I respect you so much. That's the life that the scriptures, the Holy Scriptures point us to. And that's the life that we as a church family, together, we're in it together. We need each other to interpret some scriptures because it's complicated at times, but we do it together. And so, Father, I pray that the word of God that is alive and active and powerful, that these written words would meet us by the living word, that when we open our Bibles this week, that when we start reading the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and that we just would live there and learn to become more like Jesus and that the Spirit of God would take the Word of God and do something supernatural, heal us where we need to be healed. And, and I pray that you would just change the narrative of the lies that we've grown up with, that we would read your Word and know that we're loved, unfailing love, a deep, deep transformative love. I pray over every heart in this room, right here, right now, that we might, every one of us, make a commitment to become men and women of the word. Not just to, be, not to become scholars, but to become the men and women that you dream for us to become fruitful and loving. In Jesus' name, amen. I invite you to stand with us as we just sing one more song of worship. I'd also just invite the prayer team up. Um, if you want to come and receive a blessing, mark this moment, have someone pray over you that you would be prompted and nudged um, to be in the Bible, to be in the Word of God this week.